Shut up and sit down. everybody welcome to another episode of stay real coming to you on a friday getting ready for the weekend um a little late this week getting the podcast out again you guys you know how it is you know the best laid plans of mice and men as they say um you know it's been in uh, october was always a crazy month with our birthdays and stuff and me and my sons and Halloween and then, you know, and then just, you know, life, life happens. So, uh, my schedule has been kind of off with, uh, getting this podcast up, but I get one up every week. So I guess there's something to be said about that. Uh, today, what do we want to talk about today? Well, why don't we talk about me? Give you a little bit of my background. Because, you know, uh, I'm sure a lot of people, maybe this is your first time hearing the podcast. Maybe you've been listening since the first episode. Uh, Maybe some of you know me. Maybe some of you don't. But who am I? Who's Mike? Why am I talking about what I talk about? Why do I have this podcast? So I figured, let me get into that a little bit. Uh, You know, me growing up, my childhood, and basically why I'm at this point I am in my life now and why I do what I do. So let's start at the beginning. So I was born in the 70s. Again, you see how old I am. Uh, And, you know, I am Italian. So I don't know how many out out there of you are Italian too, but you know how Italian families are, especially old school Italian families. It's all about family and getting together and... Sunday dinner, Sunday dinner was a big thing growing up and it, it, it was a nice thing because you always knew like these days, you're lucky you eat at the table with your family these days. The kids are devices or you're trying to get work done or whatever. And dinner has become this hodgepodge of, you know, this person's eating in the living room and I'm guilty of it myself. Um, you know, another person's on a device doing something and Kids are watching their devices or TV or whatever, and you don't actually sit and have dinner together anymore. So that that's kind of something that I miss a little bit growing up. But every Sunday, my grandmother would start at 5 in the morning making her tomato sauce, which, my gosh, I miss that tomato sauce. But she would start making that, and we'd have pasta and salad and sausage and meatballs and the the whole nine yards and we would all get together and and have a great dinner and and eat now bad thing about that is if i didn't eat all the food i was given at the time that's kind of an insult why you're not eating is the food not good so you know older school italians would take that as an insult so you ate so growing up I associated that love and family with eating. And it got out of control. So around 
I mean, looking at child pictures of me, you can see where the transition happened. Right around third grade is when things started going wrong as far as my weight. And I started to shoot up. And it didn't stop. Right through eighth grade, I gained a considerable amount of weight. Having to wear those weird size things, going to the Husky store because I, at the time that was the only place that you could buy clothes that would fit you at the time, which was embarrassing because you didn't want to go for clothes because you didn't feel comfortable in them. So it was a miserable time all around whenever I had to go for clothes. Now, I'm sure some of you could relate with that, that are around my age that had to do those things at the time. Not to mention getting made fun of and all that. And, you know, I'm a joker. You know, I really try to take it all in stride. Always tried to be the funny guy. Because, again, you're overweight. You got to try to be funny to offset it. So maybe if I'm funny, people won't notice how heavy I am. So that kind of helped a little bit. But still, there was mocking. You got made fun of. And it hurts. And it sticks with you. And it's tough. I mean, you could look at it in a positive note that, you know, it built you, uh, uh, you know, made your skin a little bit stronger if you can make it through that kind of thing. But, you know, it was, nonetheless, it wasn't a good time. So that went on, like I said, all through grammar school. Um, Now, let me add in, like, since we talked about that last episode with genetics and stuff, as far as my genetics... Uh, on my mom's side, I have a propensity to gain weight. She struggled with her weight. There was a lot of heavier people on that side of the family. Um, so I kind of got dealt a bad hand in that sense. And then on my father's side, uh, you know, we have super skinny legs. So it's been a real struggle to try to gain any kind of muscle in my legs. I mean, they get strong. But they never really get any bigger. So it's always been a tough thing, especially when, you know, growing up trying to lift heavier, you know, in my later teens and 20s and never being able to put any kind of size on my legs. You know, it gets to be a little discouraging sometimes. But again, last episode, listen to last episode. I I talked more about genetics and all that good stuff. So, you know, it it does play a part. It does... It does limit you. It's not the be-all, end-all, but it, it definitely is a factor in muscle gain, fat loss, how how it, where it, where you lose it, where you gain it, and all that good stuff. So, in a genetics department, you know, never was a good thing. Um, now, again, I'm not making that as an excuse, but you know, it it, it didn't help me any. So, right around eighth grade. Now, this is when I was getting ready to go into high school. I said, you know what? I'm not going into high school being overweight. I ain't starting a new school and dealing with more bullying and more. I'm not making that kind of impression right off the bat. So right after graduation, eighth grade, that whole summer before, I basically starved myself. I worked out in my basement. Again, not knowing what I was doing. Had some weights. I just did whatever I could to move, basically. And again, when you're young, you can get away with that. But I hardly ate. I I was lucky. I, I, I had to be in under 1,000 calories. I had to be. And I dropped a ton of weight, muscle and fat. I was just thin. Uh, I had to be around the, probably like a 28 waist, which was too small for me. Too small. Now, I'm not a tall guy. That, that's another thing, genetics. 
I'm on toll. You know, so I got dealt that too. And and I tend to be wider up top anyway. So short and wide, it <laughs> not 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 a good combo if especially if you have a uh, a propensity to gain weight. So um but yeah, I went into high school pretty much all through my high school years. I stayed on the thinner side for the most part. I worked out. Uh, I had a cousin that went to the gym and he kind of took me under his wing and I started going to the gym with him and I started learning from him. And it was great because I was working out. He knew everybody at the gym. He knew all these bodybuilders. He knew all kinds of people and introduced me to him and I would work out with him and these guys. And it was amazing time just being around these bodybuilders and working out with them and learning from them and Man, they were some tough workouts, man. We really hit it hard. Um, but it was just, it was a good time. I used to help out around the gym. I used to get free tanning at the time. And, you know, I I, I would get my, my busted a lot by the guys too. Because I was, you know, my, you know, oh, he's Tom's cousin. You know, bust me and everything else. Because I was just a young kid. I was, a, when I started there, I was like 16. Going on 17. So I was young. I couldn't even drive there. So my cousin would pick me up. But. Uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was amazing going out. We'd go out to breakfast with all those big guys. I, I I've never seen so much food on a table. Like these guys were ordering two or three breakfasts each. The whole table was full of food. It was just, it was, it was a sight to behold. So I learned a lot, at least from the bodybuilding side. Uh, you know, hypertrophy, gaining muscle and stuff from them at that time. So by senior year, you know, I really loved working out and I really loved that. And, you know, seeing my struggles and, you know, my mother struggling. My mother was the type that she would sit and watch the TV. And even to this day, they're still there. But infomercials, always these infomercials about, you know, the gazelle and, this and the thigh buster and the whatever it was, my mother would see it, she would buy it. She thinks that was the answer that was going to save her, help her lose weight, and all this stuff. She'd get it, and it would sit there and collect dust, and she'd never use it again. And I'd see it time and time again. It would wind up in the corner collecting dust. And you know the one nice thing, and you know people will. Would make fun of them and bust them and everything else. But I'll tell you, that sweat into the old, oldies, Richard Simmons, that guy at least cared and really tried to help these people. And he just wanted to get them moving. And he wanted he, he put out a plan that actually was just about keeping your portions in check with a visual thing. You take one card, put it to the other side. It was a visual thing. And it helped a lot of people. My mother tried it. It helped her for a little bit. But again... Most times, it's a deeper issue than just, I'm overeating. You're overeating for a reason. So, whatever that reason is, that's what you have to work on. Or the the, the nutrition side of it's never going to really work until you start to tackle that other thing, whatever it is. Whether you got to go talk to somebody, uh, just realizing it and being aware of it and working on it. Whatever that may be, that's where most people have to start. So just seeing her struggles with that and then my own struggles, like I said, and and just being so interested in working out and all that, 
I'll never forget it because when you're a senior, at least in my school, when I was a senior, you had to go talk to your guidance counselor because he was going to say, okay, what do you want to do with your life? Like get ready to go looking at colleges, whatever you were going to do at the time. Um, and so I sat down with the guidance counselor and he said, so, and I told him straight out, I want to be a personal trainer. That's what I want to do. I want to go to school. I want to learn. Um, there was a college where I grew up in New Jersey and they had an exercise program uh, certification. I said, that's what I want to do. I want to go there and I want to do that. And he was just like, all right, that was easy. <laughs> you know, because a lot of times these kids, you know, we didn't, nobody know what they wanted to do. I was like, this is where I want to do. This is where I want to go. That's it. So I graduated high school. I went and did that. Uh, I came within, jeez. I think two classes I was away from getting my exercise cert. And it was it was stuff I wasn't looking forward to do. It was like um, I had to take a math and it was like some class that had nothing to do with exercise or anything. And I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to this at all. And, you know, early 20s, oh, hanging out with friends and partying and all that. Needless to say, I dropped out of college at the time and... Went and had a good time, and my weight went up again. So I wound up gaining a bunch of weight back. Um, had a relationship, and my weight just went nuts at that point. But again, and this happens, I'm sure it's happened to a few of you out there. Uh, a horrible breakup, and boom, I lost all the weight again, and I shot back down. So... Um, in between here, I was working on jobs, this and that. Um, but then I decided, okay, well, I, I screwed the school stuff up. Let me go at least get my personal training certification and start working. Because I still want to do that. So I researched and uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine, in my opinion, and in most people's opinion, is one of the top of the line personal training certifications. Shout out to NASM. I love you. And I went and got that. And I worked in a gym for a while. Now, most people don't know the behind the scenes of working at a gym. But there's a lot of crap that goes on working at a gym that you don't see. There's a lot of seniority stuff. Who knows who? Who's friends with who? Those are the people that get the clients. There's a lot of times when you work in a big box gym... The idea is you get somebody joining the gym, you offer them free sessions with a trainer, <clears throat> and the salesman, whoever made the sale of the membership, gets to choose where, you know, if you agree to it, what trainer that client will go to. If you're buddy-buddy with the salespeople, or whatever you kiss enough butt, you're going to get more of the clients. And the people that are new, or the people that... um aren't kissing butt are not going to, you got to work even harder to try to get clients. So there's like this whole thing going on that, you know, maybe it was that, maybe it was how bad it was at the gym I was at, but it really discouraged me. And I just got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this again. So I quit there, went and did more jobs for the next few years. Again, really enjoyed my twenties early 30s, really enjoyed it, and 
finally decided again after moving out of state into a new state where I am now in Arizona and, you know, settling down and getting married and having a family, I'm like, you know what? And and I worked my butt off wherever I had to work at the time to make a paycheck. I did what I had to do. Um, broke my butt. Whatever needed to be done to make money to support me and the family or whatever, I did it at the time. But then I finally decided after my mom passed away, and that's a whole nother issue. That was a horrible time in my life. Um, you know when, I mean, I don't know if you know, but if you've ever experienced someone close to you passing away, a lot of times that causes a lot of crap in a family. Divides people, pits people against each other. It's a horrible thing. It's hard enough trying to deal with the passing of a loved one and then you got to deal with all this crap with your family. And it went as bad as it could go. Horrible stuff. So um, I took some time off from work. Stayed home with the family. My son was born. So I stayed home and I was a stay-at-home dad for a while. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to get my re- I'm going to recertify, get my certification back. And I'm going to start doing this again because this is my passion. This is what I love. And I want to do it. I don't want, I don't want to hold back anymore. I'm going to do this. I know I'm good at it. I have a passion for it and I want to do it. And I just see too many people out there struggling. I see way too much information out there that's put out there just to confuse people and make money off of them. Just like my mother. Every time I see somebody getting taken advantage of or a trainer training somebody wrong or somebody trying to push something on somebody that says this is the answer, I just think of my mother and it aggravates me. And I don't want to see that and I don't want to see people go through that. That's why I do what I do and that's why I do this podcast. So I started working again. I got recertified. I went to a big box gym again. I worked at 24-hour fitness out here. Put my time in there. Unfortunately... The politics didn't change. It was the same thing. Certain people got the clients. Other people didn't. It depends who you know. All that good stuff got out of hand. So, But I had built a really good clientele of people that really loved me and loved my training. And one day I just decided, you know what? I talked to all of them. I talked to my wife and I'm like, I, th- I think I want to go out on my own. I think I want to do, I'm tired of the politics. I'm tired of being forced to do stuff with clients because of where I worked. They would make me, force me to just try to make sales and stuff. And they didn't care if you lost weight or gained muscle or were pain-free or more flexible or anything. They just cared about you using your sessions and getting more. That's all they cared about. And I, and I, that's not how I want to be. I want to help people. So I talked to all my clients that were there and said, look, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I'm thinking of leaving. Would you come with me and work with me if I did my own thing? And 90% of them said yes. So I gave my notice. I left, started Realistic Fitness, and here I am all these years later, still doing my thing. So, and it's unfortunate, but most things haven't most things haven't changed in this industry. If anything, it's probably gotten worse. You know, there's trends, there's this and that, and people are people are just struggling. They're just looking to to feel better. They're just looking to have somebody say, "Listen, I'm here to help you. Let 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 me show you. Let me show you the way. Let me show you the right way to do this. Let me show you what's right for you." 
Let's get you feeling better. Let's get you thinking better about yourself. And that's really what it's all about. And that's why I do this podcast. You know, maybe I'm not giving you all information you've never heard before. Maybe you're not even interested in what I have to say. But I feel like I want to put it out there, black and white, for people that aren't trained in this stuff, don't know about this stuff. Because I still come across plenty of people that don't know anything about this stuff. They don't. They have their own lives to think about. Their own jobs. Their own careers. They don't know about this stuff. And with stuff changing all the time and... You look in the media and they push this thing and that thing. And then you have social media. People pushing this. And look look at me. I, oh, They don't say how they look like that for most of their life. Or, you know, they've had good genetics to work with. And they worked hard. And again, they work hard nonetheless. But, you know, what about people that are, you know, hurting? Or people that are fighting diseases or any of this stuff? You know, what about them? They don't need to, they don't need to kill themselves. They need exercise that's going to help them feel better, get stronger, move better, and then they go wherever from there. So that's why I do what I do. That's a little bit about me in a nutshell. It's hard to wrap all that up in a, around the 20 minute period, but I just wanted to let you all know a little bit more about me because you probably jump on this podcast like, who is this guy? How does he know anything? How, how, how did he start training? So for over 20 years on and off, I've been a personal trainer, constantly learning. Even when I wasn't training people, I was learning and reading and constantly soaking up information. So I hope that helps. <laughs> I would say I'm the most interesting guy in the world, but uh, you know, I have a tale to tell. I probably could write a book someday and there be some spicy chapters in there, but uh, yeah. So um, remember, listen, you guys have questions ever. I'm on social media. I'm on, uh, I have, uh, you can text me at my business line. You can email me, whatever, but be my guest, contact me. But listen, when you're getting bombarded with all this stuff all the time from TV, social media, all this stuff. And they're telling you do this, that, that. And this is the answer. Block it all out. Do some research. Find the right person. Just do something for yourself. Don't put it off. Until next time, stay real, everybody. Have a good weekend. (laughs) 